to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and I am joined by David Burdett. Hello, everyone. How are you today? All right. Not bad. Not bad. I'm excited to talk about games because last week we had technical difficulties. All so, kinds of them. That was, yeah, it was frustrating. So that's why we didn't have a podcast last week. But this week in, and in this podcast, we tell you about the biggest games of the week, what we should have played a long time ago in our backlogs, and what you absolutely need to play. This week, we're going to talk about the Call of Duty beta, the Modern Warfare 2 beta, Splatoon 3, Evil West, and we'll go over uh, just a couple of news segments. But every game we talk about is timestamped, so you can jump to the game you are interested in in any podcast app that has that available. So let's start with the biggest game of the last two weeks, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 beta. So obviously it was it started with the PlayStation and then it went over to Xbox and PC. So David, you've been playing it for a long time. I got one weekend with it. And uh, at this point, Activision is calling it their biggest beta for Call of Duty ever, which yep. Numbers I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. So how did you feel about it? I don't want to wait a month. I want to be playing this. I, I had to go back to Call of Duty oh. Vanguard this week. And it, like, I, don't get me wrong. The, the core wait, gameplay that sour of your experience. What's that? <laughs> So wouldn't that sour your experience? <laughs> to go back to Vanguard after playing Modern Warfare 2, that doesn't seem like the best. Move. Yeah, it's it's you're playing with friends, so it's like, you know, the core the core experience is fine. It, well, there Modern Warfare things. 2 remastered, I feel like yeah. would have been a better one to go back to. Well, there's than... there's unfortunately there's not multiplayer in Modern Warfare 2 remastered, so Oh, that's right. That's right. But it's <sighs> After after going back, it it's they have done something with this game that it just feels so. I guess the easiest way it's it's familiar, but it definitely feels like a lot more of a change compared to previous titles because yeah. Vanguard literally ran on the Modern Warfare engine and they added some of their stuff, so it still feels like I'm playing I'm playing this, but it still feels like I'm playing That's the fair. Modern Warfare. It still feels like I'm playing Modern Warfare to a degree. With this, it's like, okay, this doesn't feel like Cold War. This doesn't feel like... <laughs> this doesn't feel like Modern Warfare 19. This doesn't feel like... This feels kind of fresh. I, I know what this is. The core is still here. It still plays like a Call of Duty game. Uh, there are a lot of people online who are going to yell about the fact of it's slower, but it's still a Call of Duty game, but it feels good. It feels so good. The guns. I love the guns. I love the feeling of modern guns. <laughs> in <a game. laughs> oh, true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, shooting. Uh, there's something about Infinity Ward. They know what they're doing when it comes to giving you that feel of having these weapons in your hand like the, the they sound great they the, the firing it looks good like yeah. I, there's there's some visual recoil they need to clean up that withstanding like it, it just it it feels like you're shooting a gun it doesn't feel yeah. like i'm just shooting a water gun that's going to shoot straight no matter what i do yes like there's yeah. the bounce the the the, the, the it fighting you like it's just <sighs> It's, it's just got nice. To it. It's just it nice feels, to be. It feels good. 
it's just nice to be in an Infinity Ward Call of Duty again because it. I'm getting the same vibes that I did when Modern Warfare 19 came out. It was like, okay, this is different. Call of Duty's been doing all this stuff, but they've somehow taken a franchise I know that I've played for a long time and made it feel fresh. And that's really what I'm getting in this. Is it? It feels fresh. I don't. Uh, not everybody agrees with every decision they've made, but hey, they're owning it, and I love that. Like, you make your game, make your game, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> what did you um, think of the beta so far? So, I mean, so one of the things I was thinking about was, I so it felt good to be back. I'll say that. I, 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 I'm not the biggest Call of Duty person. I fell off of it after Black Ops 2. But if it, it felt good to play again, I was like, man, I haven't played this in a long time. It <laughs> if I mean, it still feels like Call of Duty to me, it's still fast. Yeah. So I know everybody who plays it all the time, it's yeah. going to feel slower. But to me, I was well, like, this is this is the same speed I'm used to. And for everybody who's wondering on Anthony's side, Anthony's more Halo oriented. I yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can ask Anthony in our matches we've played but Halo I like, Infinite. I I have been the one complaining about how slow everything is. <laughs> it's true, but I am I do like games like Apex, right? So that that's a fast that's TTK fast. Oh, in yeah. comparison to Halo Infinite. Well, and they as were well, the, they were the, the which, ones who made that's Modern a Battle Royale. <laughs> so right, right. <laughs> Uh, same thing with Titanfall. Like yep. you know, uh, uh, oh, I love, I Titanfall, love me man. some Titanfall. Yeah, so I was very good at the multiplayer. So that pistol man, the, that was that was a cheat code. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. <laughs> but um, the this the the style and speed of Call of Duty, the way map designs and things like that. That's my brain doesn't function very well with that. Somebody <laughs> though described it as laser tag. And I was like, oh, I never looked at Call of Duty that like all these years. You know, that makes and sense. As many times I've played laser tag in real life, I've never considered this laser tag. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what this is. And all of a sudden I'm like, my, my mind's like, no, oh, I really like Call of Duty now. <laughs> you know, cause it's like, <laughs> I get it. Like all the times I've been shot in my back and you know, all that stuff in the shoulder and the chest, you know, playing laser tag. Cause you know, you just get out of position in a moment and you get shot, you know, it happens. And that's exactly what Call of Duty feels like to me. And, you know, I obviously I am a competitive person. Well, not obviously, a lot of you don't know that, but I am a competitive, very competitive person. And so it's very frustrating to die a lot. So I try to avoid that and try to perform well. But since I don't, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, knowing that the style of play is similar to something that I'm used to dealing with in real life and laser tag is like, okay, I can, I can deal with, with that. I can't deal with, you know, the, the one life modes, the search and destroys mm. the knockouts, those things like that. Eh, yeah, I'll stay away from those. But in terms of, let me just give you my thoughts on all the modes, actually. While <laughs> while while I brought it up, I'll, so, I'll I'll throw some some extra side over here on. Yeah, it as you I'm go sure through. we're gonna have very differing opinions when it comes to this. But I think the new modes are pretty much bootleg or useless. I just <laughs> I don't think they need to be in there, or they need to be substantially improved. 
So let's take Ground War, for example. That's basically Battlefield Light. You got 40 people, you got a larger map, and you have capture zones to take over, and everybody's fighting over these capture zones. And of course, whoever holds the most capture zones for the longest wins. Which, for reference, they've had this uh, for a while now. Ground War's actually they been have. in Call of Duty okay. for quite some time. So just to, just so, so you know. Okay, I didn't know that. But <laughs> it still feels like bootleg Battlefield. So the fact oh, yeah. that it's been here for a long time and it feels like bootleg Battlefield, to me, that's a problem. Because at some point, I feel like you should have improved it to the point where it almost feels like you want to replace Battlefield and just play this instead. Which Well, they're not going to play from 2042. A, well, okay, true. <laughs> but, but... If I were to play 2042, it would still feel better than Ground War because okay. that feels more authentic than Battlefield. So you got the vehicles, you got the destruction, you got the sound effects. Like it feels bombastic. Yeah. Ground War feels empty and yep. lifeless in comparison to what Battlefield brings. And, you know, that's... that's I, can under- three, I can understand that. So... I mean, even the sound effect when you're capturing a point is the exact same as Battlefield. So, like, very, very, very similar. So, to me, that is an example of, this is bootleg. I'd, I'd rather just play Battlefield. Now, of course, the gunplay in Call of Duty is better, but also it's, it's different, you know, compared to what Battlefield is going for. Uh, and then there's Invasion. I don't know if... Is that is that a recurring this, one or this is the first time they've done this? I think it's more the fact okay. that they took Ground War and then they're. I think some of it is they're they're trying to use some of these modes to experiment with AI, especially with DMZ coming uh, later on down the line. Yeah, that's fair, and that I con- conceptually I like it. Um, it, it that also it also feels like bootleg Rush though from Battlefield, yeah. and. To me, it's so lacking in direction that it just feels like glorified team deathmatch because everybody's just running everywhere and there's hardly any direction in terms of taking over specific spots or anything like that. And it made me realize and appreciate what Battlefield does with large-scale battles because it's like, oh, this is why they have objectives with all their large-scale modes because if you don't have it, everybody's just running around aimlessly and... Well, and being fun. in and being in squads, like to me, that's always been something that Battlefield did good because it kind of you could kind of focus together on what you were doing a little bit, depending on you know they had the the obviously the depending squad. on if they were wanting to listen <laughs> that and you know they had the squad redeploys and things like that, so you could constantly spawn back on your teammate. But I think they added something like that in this, if I remember gotcha. correctly. I, don't I didn't remember. play a lot of it, so I I couldn't tell you. I don't I feel like there was some moments where teammates were spawning on them on their squad mates so I I might be mistaking that but yeah so those two modes it was like eh it does like I guess if you really love Call of Duty and you just want to stay in there but you want something that feels kind of like Battlefield okay there you go but third person mode eh nifty idea but the only difference is just it's an over shoulder cam because yeah. as soon as you ADS, it's first person. So I'm like, ah, then. <laughs> I get why they did that from a 
probably from a programming and structural standpoint, I totally understand why they did that. It still doesn't feel right though. I'd rather just have like the zoom in closer over the shoulder kind of thing that most third person shooters do the division years of war, you know, things like that, that feels like it makes more sense and would probably change the way we play a little bit more. But since yeah. it just, you just go straight in first person. I'm like, eh. And then prisoner rescue and knockout. <sighs> Those don't do anything interesting because everybody just focuses on killing. That's it. There's no point in going for the objective because everybody's just going for each other. So yeah, I'd, well, I, and that's what happens when you get into beta settings like that too, though, because you end up encountering the, if you're playing with teams, you tend to get matched up against teams. So you end up with people playing the objective a little bit more. Like I, I played with several other people. Knockout, I would completely agree with you that that will not knock out. Or yeah, knockout. Uh, that one ended up being very much just kill, 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 kill. Whereas Prisoner Rescue, I know we played the objective a lot. So, and we were able to like kind of take advantage of it. We kept running into everybody. So yeah. it was like there's no point in trying to rescue the prisoner because we're all just going to kill each other before we even try to get yeah. to the objective anyway. But we're, so I don't know if that's because everybody was playing fast pace and you guys were in a lobby where you could play slower or you guys just have more tactical understanding of this stuff. I, honestly, I'd say it's probably more tactical understanding because we play a ton of search and destroy. So we have a very good understanding of how to move uh, and and play routes and stuff like that and use information to our advantage. So is that, I guess, I don't know. I, I guess I I feel a little weird about that because. Which, and you're right, Some a lot of people get in there and they're just like, 1v1 me, bro. That's essentially how they play yes. every limited life. And it ticks me off to no end because I'm like, <laughs> bro, this that's not what this is. Because we'll, we'll hear people. But that's what it oh, can be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, the, and uh, I'll hear people in the chat me. saying, I'll hear people literally in the in the game chat, and they'll be like, man, stop sitting in your spawn. I'm like, dude, you keep running all the way to my spawn. I'm right. I'm responding to what you were doing. <laughs> like, and so I guess <laughs> I wish there was a way to make the objective more important and necessary. Yeah. I guess that's what I was looking for. Gotcha. Because, yeah, in the end, it, it it does boil down to if everybody's dead, it's a one round. So which I think that's why they did. They added in the option of being able to resurrect. Which I feel like that's kind of a test of it. I don't I don't know if you saw that that was a possibility on the map or not. Yeah, I got resurrected and I resurrected people. But the amount of times you could do that wasn't great there was yeah so i don't matchmaking was rough in those modes too there was yeah. one time where <laughs> i met and i count i <laughs> i added up the levels i was matched up against a team of a combined levels of uh 107 and <laughs> we were combined levels of 32 so oh, wow. <laughs> i was like yeah this is this is broken this is not yeah. good and then there was another <laughs> time where i was matched up against all PC players, and we were all Xbox. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like, how is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my but poor, I, I, I my understand poor buddies, it's a beta. Yeah, my poor buddies got matched up. We, we would get matched up against PC all the time. Uh, and I'm the only one with a PC, so it it was... Uh, honestly, though, we, we, held, we hold our own, but we also have been playing together for... This will be the fourth Call of Duty. <laughs> 
So yeah. it, it makes it a little bit easier to understand what's going on. And, and the pacing being a bit slower has actually kind of made some of our teammates who that's more their speed. It works well for them. Whereas for myself and my brother, who both are faster, since we understand how a game flows, we can adjust. Yeah. <laughs> we can like, okay. We go fast now. No, we go slow now. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I was going to say, y'all have a uh, such a good understanding that you're able to slow the pace to the pace you guys want to play at. Yep. Whereas, you know, me playing solo queue, if I want to go slow, I can do that, but everybody else is going to go yeah. fast. And then I'm probably going to be the last one alive. And then everybody's going to want to kick me because. Clutch I'm the gonna 1v5, die. bro. Clutch the 1v5. Yeah. So, I just, yeah, I felt like. Or at least with third person mode and um, prisoner rescue and knockout, I just didn't feel like they were even necessary. Gotcha. Search and destroy, I think is is fine. I think it's a fantastic mode. I think that's that's the one. Knockout and prisoner rescue is what's the point? Add a different version of search and destroy where you can revive and see how that works. Like that, I would have preferred that. Gotcha. What are your thoughts? I mean, I. I... I like Prisoner Rescue just because I like the variation to it with the fact that it takes somebody out of the game to actually pick up the to pick up the prisoner. And then, like yeah. you said, the biggest issue you run into is you're going to run into people who just don't care about actually playing the game. They're just in it to to win challenges. Um, But I like the idea behind it i think the idea is promising knockout knockout just kind of I, I, we just i don't know i guess we just did not know how to play it because every time we played knockout we just got knocked out <laughs> yeah. prisoner prisoner rescue we we were just destroying people but i think it's because prisoner rescue to me is a lot more tactical than be the last one holding the bag because most people really are just going to go shoot people like they're, they're, they're not going to go to me. It's and that's somewhat their intention, though, with that mode, because it's they're They went after the gunfight. They're going after the gunfight crowd, which gunfight was a 2v2 or 3v3 mode that was just really fast in the previous Call of Duties and or in, in Modern Warfare 19. And you would spawn in with a random loadout. <clears throat> And you would have to kill the other two first or capture the point. It's kind of like the gulag is the easiest way. Yeah, to put yeah, it. yeah. So, okay. so the it, gunfight was kind of that idea. So they're kind of just upping the scale with knockout as well as the whole revive your teammate idea. So in all fairness, that is intentional design for it to be kill everybody. Uh, prisoner rescue, though, like to me, that one is definitely designed to be more tactical, even if you have people who aren't going to play it that way. So I love the idea in place. The uh, prisoner rescue, I love the idea, whereas knockout, I'm just not as big of a fan of. Uh, third person, I com do completely agree with you. I would have liked to have an over the shoulder view for shooting, not just jumping to first person, whereas. I think it's fun to just throw in there and it, I feel the same way with ground war and the other, like I'm not going to play them. It's not really part of the core experience, but I'm sure somebody's going to have fun in there. And especially with as much level grinding as some people do 
uh, ground war, something like ground war is going to be perfect for that. So they're just going to jump yeah. in there and just sit there and, you know, level up their snipers or whatnot. So I do like the fact that it does bring a little bit of extra benefit to, to those players. It, it, it brings something different to the table, even if it's not really in my mind, that's not the core experience and that's not really who no. they're going for. that's not who they're really going for they're just putting it in there and being like hey look this is here if you want something different go over to this playlist so that that's at least my my thoughts i, I think you can kind of take it or leave it i agree with you it's it's completely bootleg battlefield it does some things better than battlefield does some things worse than battlefield uh but in the end that's that's what it I, is it's it's just it's i don't a, even know what it does call better. Of duty, the call of duty battlefield so besides the gunplay of Call of Duty. What, okay, so what do you think? And, and it does that better? was that was what I was actually getting at was the gunplay, oh, okay. the gunplay of Call of Duty. Because to to me, yeah. it's just it the gunplay of Call of Duty is really unmatched, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Battlefield is different though. There's oh yeah, a lot more physics considerations compared to Call of Duty, but things uh, I appreciate I do. but don't want to deal with. <laughs> right, and that's fair. Like I I get it. But that's why Battlefield people play Battlefield and Call of Duty people don't. So completely, <laughs> completely right. That, that's exactly <laughs> why, and that's that's totally okay. Um, so what? How how are you feeling about the the Gunsmith 2.0 stuff? So, I think I hope that they've got some some really good things that they can work out with the UI. Uh, the user interface of going everywhere and going to the different things. I love the oh, idea. Yeah. I love the idea that they're doing here of instead of me having to, in the previous games, you would like get a new gun and it'd be like, okay, let's get it to level 70. So I have all the attachments unlocked half the time. Half of those attachments are already on other weapons. Yeah. With, with this, with the current new gunsmith, there's only five attachments but the cool thing is, is let's say with the M4, I unlock a the pineapple vert grip for the underbarrel. Uh, yeah. That that pineapple vert grip is also going to be there for my hurricane, right? A uh, very very uh, SMG. So that means I'm going to spend less time grinding one specific gun, and is actually going to encourage me to play with all the guns because it's like oh well i have my m4 all way all the way maxed out but i want this specific stock so i'm gonna go and use this marksman rifle for the next couple of team death matches until i unlock that that stock so that i can then use on my m4 so i yeah. I, I really like the idea but man, is it confusing because of the way that they've got the interface set up right now. Like it's I'm assuming that it's going to be cleaned up for launch because I feel like this beta was a little more beta y than some yeah. of the previous it, ones that we've played. definitely felt like there was like I'm pressing a couple of buttons a little too much. Yeah. And, and some of that I do think is because they've made a lot more changes than they've made in the past. Like this gunsmith is a pretty big change from previous call of duties when it comes to the way you do attachments, uh, is the it way, that you, way much, you unlock things. Is it that different from 1.0? Uh, yes, actually, because oh, okay. uh, in 1.0, it was like you would go straight to, you would go to a gun 
and then you would go to each attachment thing and it would have i mean it would have the same thing in this in the sense of like going to choose attachments but unlocking attachments like it, it's not very specific the the u- user interface is not very specific on if i go over to this attachment that i haven't unlocked it doesn't tell me what gun i need to use to unlock it uh, and that's mm. where i'm thinking that's where i'm thinking this is probably a beta thing because i'm assuming once we get to now if we get to the actual game and this is a and that's not there then we're in an issue of how the crap do i do this uh, I like yeah. that if you scroll, if you use, go through your tabs in Gunsmith and go to the progression area, you can actually go through the the tree of guns and look over the attachments. But that wasn't very clean either. And I'm once again assuming no. this is probably just a beta thing of we have not finalized the the look and feel of how this is going to be. So, yeah, because I couldn't even tell what I was actually unlocking. So I, I I'm. At least I'm going to give them a benefit of the doubt on this, that the confusion is probably more to the beta than it is necessarily the setup, because for the most part, Call of Duty has been really good at you knowing what you needed to do going forward to do things. So uh, I'm hoping (laughs) that those things are being considered for for making sure we know what we're doing. Now, the UI, yes, definitely. It needs work. My problem when I would try to equip a gun, sometimes I would get to a different screen and then the color would turn orange and then it's like, oh, am I actually equipping it now? Or am I trying to, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to put on an attachment here, but I feel like I have to press one too many buttons in order to get it. And then I miss it. And then I'm back at the original screen. And I equipped it again. And I'm like, I, okay. Yeah. So that, that, that was the most frustrating part. Yeah. With unlocks. It was just like, all right, I unlocked this thing. I don't know where to check. Or I remember forgetting where I wanted to check the gun tree. So if I'm using the M4, what gun receivers can I use? I remember forgetting where that was, but that was right in the gunsmith screen. And then I had to tab over to that tree. That was confusing. But uh, I, I, I still feel like... Gunsmith 2.0 hasn't solved the problem I've always had with Call of Duty. I am a person who I find a gun that I like and I use it until I don't want to use it anymore. And I don't want to use any other gun. I don't. I just don't want to use any other gun to unlock other guns. And that's kind of what you have to do. Kind of not. Kind of not. Because they have this tree. You use, if you have the M4... If you want to unlock the FTAC recon, then you keep using the M4. Eventually, you'll unlock the the basically the body part. I hate the F tag. Oh my god, it's <laughs> such an awful gun! But I want to use the hurricane. But oh, I the can't get to the so hurricane good. until I use the FTAC recon. The hurricane's so, the best, the best flex gun in that game. I want to use it, but I did not want to use the recon. So I was stuck in that position where I'm like, I don't, and I'm losing. I already die a lot, but even (laughs) with this gun, I'm like, I'm dying even more. I'm getting, you know, 15 plus deaths and not really getting any kills to match up with it. I'm not even going even anymore because of this gun. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just go back to the M4 and I'll just keep unlocking attachments. The problem is 
I didn't realize this until I unlocked the FTAC was I've unlocked all the attachments through the M4 for the FTAC, but I still have to use the FTAC to unlock where the attachments are positioned. And that's annoying to me also. So <laughs> like the underbarrel doesn't unlock until you've reached level 10 on the FTAC. And I'm like, this sucks. But you've already got attachments for it. <laughs> I have the attachments, but now I have to unlock the position for it yeah. on that gun. So, which forces me to use the gun. <laughs> and I'm like, I yeah. don't want to use I had, this I had gun. A similar, I, had, I had the similar issue with the M16. It, it, you will not be, even believe me saying it. I had one kill in a match. I kid you not with that gun. Yeah, that is... I, was, I was doing the best I could to position myself to get kills. I got one kill. Now, I followed that up with, like, absolutely shredding somebody with it. I was like, I went, like, 16 <laughs> and 4 that... immediately okay. afterwards. So I made up for, like, everything in the following round. Yeah. But I, I think that was just a mindset of, oh, my gosh, this gun sucks. <laughs> So that that is an issue with gunsmith that you're going to run into where you're going to get guns and it's going to be like, this is awful. <laughs> but that's the same problem I've had yeah. in every Call of Duty, and I don't want to deal with that problem. And I thought I would be able to get past that problem with this new gun tree type of thing, which I really like the idea of that. You can yep. use one gun and it can be several different guns. Love that idea. But... The fact that I still have to use guns I don't want to use to unlock other guns is part of my problem with all of the Call of Duties. And uh, I, just, I just wish we could get past that and let people use what they want to use. But, but you it, can. But it's with money. That was even before all this live service <laughs> Battle Pass stuff. This has always been at least, call it, since Call of Duty 4 at least, this has been what it is. So it, it hasn't been a live service battle pass extract your money because at some point it was just buy the game and you yep. play it so i or, or you know buy the dlc blueprints man that's where it's at i because yeah, then you I automatically guess. get guns that are pre-attachmented so you can mm. you can load those in that's actually a way i've found that i've gone around the that they've had challenges to unlock games in the pre, to unlock guns in the previous games and I've just gone in and bought the blueprint, and because you pay for it, they go ahead and let you use it. So I'll just use that. <laughs> well, that's easy for you to say. Yeah, <laughs> as one who uh, pretty much gets all that stuff for free. But yeah. well, I've done. I, I did that in the past. Actually, straight up buy them too. So I can't say. Yeah, I, every I time, and I get that. I wouldn't spend a dime on a gun. Yeah, that's the frustrating thing. I would just, I just wouldn't do that. Um. So I just, I just wish there was a, a more efficient or better way. I will give Gunsmith 2.0 this, though. It, is, it doesn't take nearly as long to level up your gun. Yes, so, so which that is, does help. So that means you're not stuck playing with a sucky game gun for 70 levels yes, just to get does. something. Because I think it's, what, 20 le max levels for each gun? But that is at like least five what, guns in a that's tree? That's at least what we saw in the beta. So I'm assuming... Okay, that's fair. I'm at least assuming that's probably going to be what we're going to be looking at it felt that felt right yeah if it's more than 20 that might be too much yeah 20 and felt I, I right i think i think it's probably going to be around 20 in my opinion i think it should just stay at 20 it felt right um because there's so many guns to unlock anyway so 
if you're really a person who wants to Pokemon all these guns and collect them all, then, you know, you'll have a lot to do for a while. You're muted. Oops. Am I still muted? No, I'm good now. No. Okay. You're good. So, uh, I was saying there's going to be a lot more guns in this game, too. So, <laughs> what we saw in the yeah. beta was not it. No, um, no, no, no. So, that, yeah. so that's the that's kind of the cool thing is we're not only are we going to get all these cool guns, but uh, the first season of content is, is going to be hitting like two and a half weeks, three weeks after launch. So we're not going to be hurting for gun for even more guns for a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I did like, though, What's I that? love how you can switch from kill streaks and score streaks. Love that, that. that was great. Love that. Because I was a fan of score streaks in Black Ops 2. Because I oh, yeah. suck at getting kill streaks. So I, I'm a kill streak guy now. <laughs> I was the objective player. You could count on me to, to do the objectives, and you could count on me to get a few kills. And that was enough for me to be able to get some of my better stuff. Um, <laughs> but what I also like is sometimes it might be more strategic to go with kill streaks instead of score streaks because it's yep. actually it takes more kills to unlock your score streak for most of the uh the uh stuff and then you know i think it takes four kills to unlock a uav with score streaks and it takes three with a kill streak so you know like you can weigh those type of things it's the balance so, yeah yeah i i really like that balance because if I know I can get one kill and capture, you know, a couple of objectives or at least two kills and a couple or at least one objective. Like I'm going to get my UAV and as long as I can stay alive, I'm good. You know, Um, yeah. well, like search and destroy. If you're the bomb carrier, it makes a lot more sense to run score streaks because you're going to be the guy planting and getting that. Um, A lot of times you'll be using your uh, equipment, which will give you some experience. (laughs) Yeah. So. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. So yeah, that was that was the brilliant move. I don't know if that's been in a previous Call of Duty, but if if it hasn't, I mean, that's great great idea. Yeah. Um, do the modes rotate? The modes. Yeah. So one time, hmm. two times, I logged in and I only had a few modes. So I had TDM, domination, hardpoint, and like. I don't know, invasion or something. It was a beta thing. They always the, support all modes once you get to the full launch. So what I mean is, is like per, let's just say hour or so, like do specific modes roll out? Okay. No, even, I, I was thinking even it was a glitch. Then, even then, yeah, I'm, it's either a glitch or like when I went down to just click open beta as opposed to one of the things, I think that was another UI issue where it was just kind of, they were advertising specific modes, but you'd have to go all the way down to where it said open beta, click that, and then you could kind of choose all the modes. So I, I yeah, think it was, it was almost like an advertisement front page of, hey, you should play this. Uh, and I don't really like that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, there was that. I did see that. But it, it felt like I refreshed the homepage. Like I, I clicked on something and then I clicked out of it and then all the modes were there. So I was like... Did I miss something? Did either I either like, that, either the right that or time? they threw you to the actual front page? <laughs> Maybe I'm, I don't I don't know. The UI um, is confusing, so yeah. <laughs> who knows what they did there? 
Um, I do like, and you could speak to this more, but I like how some of the ammo has added effects, like dot damage, for example, damage over time stuff. There was, uh, I forget what ammo type was. It was part of the FTAC that I saw. And it was like, I want to say like, it, it basically did damage over time. Like if you hit somebody, it would do damage over time. At least that's the way it was described. So I don't know if previous Call of Duties have had that before, but I feel like that, uh, I like the idea. I just don't know how well that works with such a high time to kill. Well, in previous games, it's been incendiary, so it's probably something very similar that, to that. Well, it was. It was incendiary. Okay. Yeah. There we go. It it depends on the... It, it really depends because sometimes it can feel overpowered and other times it doesn't. Like the other day, we were playing Search and Destroy, and it was it was us that actually like did it, but one of our guys has incendiary, and he twice, I watched him shoot at a guy then drop down uh, to cover, and then you watch two ticks and the person dies. Like, he's not even aiming mm. at them or anything, and they died. Now, it, it did take a second, so it's not like he got a complete free kill. He, he put quite a few bullets into somebody, so it's not a tremendous amount of damage, I don't believe. Right. But Yeah, that's the trade-off. You have to it, put more bullets. It's at the very end of that round. We were yelling, like, dude, you're trash. Because <laughs> like we, we hate it when it happens to us, and we're not going to forgive it just because we got the benefit of it. Like, incendiary, oh. <laughs> incendiary is just one of, like, I appreciate the idea, but I hate how it, like you said, in a TTK game, I hate the fact that I can run full on around a corner and just all of a sudden drop dead. <laughs> because dude yeah. managed to get me to one, and then that one tick hits <laughs> yeah that's so. and i was thinking that's probably how it would be used you do a little poke damage and just let the incendiary do the rest yeah and you still like i said you still got to get plenty of bullets into somebody there's just sometimes it feels like it's more egregious than others <laughs> yeah i I probably might do better with that because i was like i just <laughs> i'm just gonna put a few bullets and run you doing that overwatch <laughs> poke run <laughs> yeah man <laughs> Pick Anna and just poke their life away. Which, this game is uh, setting itself up pacing wise to be a lot more poke. So, not not from the games I was playing. It felt oh, like just regular Call played. of Duty. <laughs> yeah, the, the the lobbies I was in, it was just regular Call of Duty. Just everybody just running around and doing all that stuff. I guess that's why it's hard for me to get used to it because I I don't know how people move in Call of Duty. Because yeah. me, uh, I see openings, I see moments. But everybody else is everywhere, and spawns are flipping, and you know all this stuff is happening. And I'm like, I did I just make a mistake, or am I actually playing correctly? But I'm being punished for it because everybody else is doing different things. It, it was that's yeah. the mind f that be happening to me when I play <laughs> Call of Duty. It is because it's like I see the right thing sometimes, but then I still am punished. Yeah. So it's like, and I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it must just be three years of playing this. But like I, I, especially with Vanguard, there was something that just very much clicked where when I look at the map, I see how I'm supposed to be playing it. Like it, it I'll play through it the one time and have to figure out the layout and whatnot. 
but I mean, I'm calling out spawns are flipping <laughs> the, the, yeah, they're, they're That's pushing this, they're doing that. Like I'm, I'm really, I start getting immediately into that mode of, okay, this is how it's pulled. This is how the game plays. This is what I should expect. <laughs> that's that's how i feel about halo so i i guess it's just i don't have the experience in call of duty i mean i i also put i also put eight hours into the first day of beta so (laughs) and i could i could tell when we played (laughs) at that point i'd had 20 well you were were making all these crazy call outs and stuff and i was like (laughs) what is he talking about like i don't (laughs) Yeah, what when I'm just random, he's cranny. in first. He's what in is first. that? He's in first. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Where do I look? I'm going to look that way. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, I looked the wrong we, way. Well, and funny enough, a lot of it is we've learned from playing so long. Bring your terminology over. If you can, if you're calling out long haul, like in Halo, for instance, you know, long haul works anywhere there's a long haul. This this is true. Why should I change I remember, what I know how to say just yeah. because it's a different map? Like, use it, man. I've learned that a lot. Yeah, I was. <laughs> bring, I think bring what, your terminology. What, what was that museum level? I forget the name of it. It was all like marble. It was museum. And... <laughs> oh, there you go. literally museum. So. <laughs> But yeah, I was calling out bridge. Everybody knows what bridge is, so yep. you know it's like they're there. We we know where to look for that. Well, it, so that you was just it. Learn the different things. Like I'd call out uh, on that same map, coffee. There's a coffee shop over at one spot, so it's pretty. Yeah. Like if you know that that's there, if I yell out coffee, is right there. That colors, yeah. uh, co- colors has been something that's automatic for me whenever I play these games. Is trying to figure out okay, what's a different color than something else? <laughs> this is true. That is true. All right, that is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, unless you had something else to say about it. <laughs> no, no, I th- I think we've covered it pretty well. There's a lot going on with COD, and I cannot wait to get into the review process for this one. I- I'm, I'm looking forward to the single player. I am. And to be fair, I am actually looking forward to playing some multiplayer. I'm not going to invest a ton of time into it, but I am going to play some because I, I want to see the other maps. I want to see... I want to see what this game looks like in its fullest. This you just I mean, you got to team up, man. We got to team up. That's that'll yeah. help. <laughs> yes, yes. I will. I will learn better that way. <laughs> Playing with people, dude. I'm telling you, there was somebody who was crushing it in one of the lobbies I was at. It was on my team, and it freed me up. It's yep. amazing how one person can free up the whole map for everybody else. Because I was, when you I learn was your in the role right too. spots. Yep. Yes. And I was like, I felt like I was in the pocket and yep. I went, I think that's the game I told you I went, granted it was 12 and 9, but considering every other game before that, I went negative. <laughs> I was like, this is, I, I felt good on I, that one. I, I need to post it to you. There is actually a map that I started 18 and 0. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I literally started 18 and 0. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Finding the right gun too is important because the M4 oh, wasn't it. But yeah. that's pretty much all I had. So, yeah. I mean, man, I've been, I've gotten to the point I pick up other people's guns and fry them with it. Like I've, I've just learned. <laughs> I should have did that more, but I was afraid to. It. I was again, already having game, so much. Yeah, 
I was already having so much trouble. I was like, I don't want to pick something else up, and now I have to think about that. And I know we're ending this segment of it, but something I can tell anybody, and it will help you with Call of Duty, watch the pros play. Like, Well, that's with any game. I I know it sounds like an obvious thing, but there is so much that I have, especially this last year, I feel like I've picked up more than I've ever picked up before in the sense of just learning how to move around a map. And once again, the whole picking up someone else's weapon, that's a habit I developed watching the pros where they would, the SMG would run into the back and shoot one of the AR players and he'd immediately pick it up. So that way he could flip between them and, and set up for whatever setup they were doing. So just automatic things of, Hey, I'm not going through this long area because I've got an SMG, but if I can pick up someone else's AR, Hey, I can move my way through this long area because then I'm not at a disadvantage. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yep. It makes sense. All right. That is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Beta. Yep. Developed by Infinity Ward, published by Activision, and it will launch October 28th. Campaign is the 21st if you pre order it. If digitally. you pre order it, which I am not, but <laughs> I will play it. Yep. All right, let's move from uh, one shooter uh, that is a little bit more serious to one that's a little bit more playful. Splatoon 3 came out a couple of weeks ago, and uh, one of the highlights was that it had one of the best launches for a Nintendo Switch game, particularly in Japan. Sold 3.45 million copies in the first three days, according to Mike Manati from VentureBeat. And again, that's just Japan. So... Splatoon 3, I don't think anybody expected it. I don't even think Nintendo expected it to kill it like no, that. not in the slightest, uh, man. Because I think, I don't think Splatoon 2 did that well in Japan in the first three days. So a lot of people are anticipating this game. Um, but for me, as the one who has played it the most between the two of us, man, it felt old after five hours. Mm. Like... It was it was the oddest feeling because I am having a blast with it. It's fun. It is more Splatoon 3. I spend most of my time in Turf War, which is the unranked mode, but kind of the premier mode of that game. And has been since the first one. But and it felt like I played this before. Hmm. Like it, it was the new maps. There's new maps. And they felt the same. It was I've seen the same barriers. I've seen the same grates you can fall through. I see the same textures, right? Like there's nothing used from the single player to make these maps more creative, right? So in the single player, there's ice levels. Like the whole thing is set in an ice kind of world and it's almost this factory setting. None of that kind of stuff is in there. Mm. And it, even though it's set in this desert splatlands, the single part is played in like a icy wasteland almost with a factory with a rocket in the background. And you look at something like Call of Duty where every year it's, it's Call of Duty. It's more Call of Duty. You can say the same thing about Modern Warfare 2. It is more Call of Duty. But a lot of the setting informs what happens with the maps. And that is what makes those changes, obviously from the layout but also the way it looks yep. and what, what kind of cover you can get behind and, and just kind of the elements that are in there. And Splatoon 3 just relies on the same stuff that it's been relying on since the first one. 
And it makes me feel like I've already played it for 60 hours and I've only played it for, you know, 10 or 15. So it's like, I, I, I wish they added more stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's the, go ahead. As, as someone who played for a, just a couple of matches even and has not historically at least played a ton of multiplayer as much as I love the game, I've not played a lot of it. It, it I totally get what you mean. It I don't know that three is appropriate because it feels like more of the same yeah and it's good don't get me wrong yeah, oh like, it's good it still feels good but mechanically it's you do the same thing you can drip into the ink and slide around and they've added like two new mechanics that nobody seems to be using because they don't seem to be that useful so you can like dash out of the ink and like flip into a different direction as a dodge mechanic or you can make yourself slide upward faster if you if you hold the B button, but I haven't found a, a, a use for that, A, because there's not too many tall structures where you need to do that. By the time you get that done, you're probably already at the structure, at the top of the structure, stuff like that. So it's like, okay, you've added these things, but they're not that useful. So we're all playing the game pretty much the same way that we've been playing it. And on paper, doesn't Call of Duty do the same thing? Kind of, but when everything feels the same, it all stacks on each other. Yeah, a lot of the same guns, a lot of the same specials, a lot of the same grenades. It all feels the same. There's some new guns; they're fun. I like them. Some new sub weapons, some new specials, some uh, reworked specials. Even they're good. They're fun, but there's so much of this game that feels the same. That it's almost kind of exhausting. It's like, okay, I've, I've had my fun. I've, I feel like I've played it. I haven't played it in a long time, so I put a lot of time into it. But now it's like, yeah, okay, I've had... I, I've, I'm wanting to play it in less time than I anticipated. Because mm. it's been, what, five years since Splatoon 2? Which is kind of crazy to think about. It is kind of crazy. <laughs> Four or five years. So... Yeah, same weapons, same mechanics. Yeah, so it just it feels way too similar. But there are some adjustments. Lobby system is way better. You can actually stay with the team that you matched up with. That's nice. But there is a problem where if you match or not match, but if you try, try to match make for a game, you can't back out. So like if, if you're going into the next match, and you want to stay with the team, you click yes, you're matched in, and it's like, oh, my baby's crying. You can't back out, which, mm. that's weird. So there's still weird lobby stuff like that. It's easier and to Nintendo's, get... And Nintendo's, you know, super weird idea of, let's make it so that you could still be, you could team up with your friend and still be on different teams. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's about. That, that's happened in all of them. Don't know what's up with that. And then... You can invite your team or invite friends a lot easier and get them into your lobby. So that's nice. You just got to hope. I mean, it only happened to me one time where my, uh, I was playing with my brother and he was on the other team one time. Yeah. So well, what we I guess quite is weird matches. about this is Splatoon is a team-based game. Like the whole, yes. it's an objective-based game. You would imagine if you're matching up with pe- if you're legitimately like like friending with people to play together, like that wouldn't be something I'd be worried about. 
that shouldn't be something I should be personally like oh if we get into this oh, match yeah, is there a chance that i'm not going to be on the same team with my friend uh, it's no. objective based it, it you're forcing <laughs> it to be more individually based yeah I, <laughs> I can't explain I you know. know what else i can't explain what's that their new uh anarchy system so it's a it's a new ranked mode and there's this particular version of anarchy they have ranked open and they have ranked series. I really like the idea of ranked series because you get into it and you have to play a best of five. And mm. what makes it so, I guess, sweaty, for lack of a better way to put it, you have to bet your rank. Which, is which awesome. I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that idea. It's put your money where your mouth is, the game. Exactly. <laughs> love it. You can do teams or you can you know, matchmake. So there, there's a big risk to it in doing it that way. But I, I still like the idea. Play a best of five. The problem is you can leave at any time. So if we finish a match, let's say me and you playing, you got to go for whatever reason. You can pause your series and come back and finish your series later or you could just completely quit out. You aren't stuck in playing it. Which could sound great in one sense, but I feel like if you are putting all of this on the line, you are committed to the cause. Yep. If you don't want to be committed to the cause, play ranked open and <laughs> increase your rank that way. So I can't, I can't drop out of matchmaking, but I can drop out of a ranked series. Well, when I say you can't drop out <laughs> oh, of matchmaking, oh, yeah. you can't drop out of searching. Oh, and I know what you mean by that. It's just, just still somewhat of a like conundrum here. Of yeah, come on, come on. You gotta, you gotta balance this out a little better. <laughs> no, it's that is so awful. So I played two matches of my best of five. I haven't finished it because I'm like, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> we, we, I, no, I'm sorry. I played three. I lost to one one, and every round, win or lose, people were leaving. So I'm like, what? What is the point? <laughs> like, yep. we could just, I could just do this in my head and play a best of five series and in my head and be and be done for yep. the night. Well, my so rank I, should not be. My rank should not be dependent on the fact of there's different people that could be. I could have somebody who comes in and absolutely fries for the first two games, but then I lose. But then he leaves and I get a much lesser teammate for the next three and lose all three. Like, right. That it, my it's, if I'm going to bet rank, which is an awesome idea, it shouldn't be completely dependent on what teammates I may end up having. Yeah. Like, so yeah, the matchmaking part, I I do have a small problem with it, but I still like the idea of if everybody was locked in and you yeah. had to finish, and if you dropped out, like you just lost your rank or something like that. If that were the case, then. Maybe there's a chance, you know, maybe we get rolled the first two games, but then the next three games, like we figure something out and adjust and we play better and maybe even bring it to, you know, a game five and it's really close, but maybe we lose, maybe we win, you know, something like that. Because that's, that's the best part about a series. You get to make adjustments, but yeah. you can't do that if your players are always switching. Yep. And there should, there should be some sort of penalty for dropping back, like a, a my maybe a minor one, but. Like Call of Duty, you get locked. You get locked into a ranked game. You quit out. Like you're, you're gonna lose twenty five of your SR, 
and then you keep doing it, you're probably going to get like 15 minute ban. <laughs> yeah. And stuff well, that's like it's thing. serious. Like, so I, I would love to have Call of Duty, like Call of Duty League is best of five matches. I would love yeah. best of fives to be a part of that. And yeah. I'd be mad if I was constantly having to switch teammates. <laughs> oh, for, <laughs> absolutely. I think well, the, the difference here is Nintendo has made a means for people to be able to quote unquote pause. Yeah. So they can stop their series and go play Turf Wars or go play Ranked Open or and then come back to it later, which that just doesn't need to be the case. Love the idea. Absolutely love. If you're playing ranked, you're locked in. Like you said, if you're going to play ranked, if you're going to sign up for something like that, you're probably locked in. You should be. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a commitment. That's the point. It's the same thing with Overwatch. You know, you, you. you can play a quick play match and it takes 10 minutes. But usually you play a ranked game, it's going to last about 30 minutes. Yep. That's the commitment. It's a it's a greater time commitment. There's more on the line. There's there's more chance to win, there's more chance to lose. That's that's how it goes. So if you're not if you're not committed to that, then don't play it. Yep. Cuz you don't have to. There's plenty to do in Splatoon. The other thing I think uh, Splatoon needs is at least one lengthier mode for contrast. And what I mean by that is everything is fast. Salmon Run, you can finish in about 10 minutes. Uh, Turf Wars, you can finish, that's three minute rounds. Ranked matches, 10 minutes, 15 if it's like a really, really good battle. But most part, 10 minutes. And then the single player is a bunch of challenges basically so and i can't remember if splatoon 2 was like this where every level was just hey complete this little quirky challenge you have to do with this gun set and see how it goes but having to do that over and over and over and over and over and over (laughs) for 10 hours it's fun i have fun playing the levels but i don't want to play it for a lengthy time so I just wish it was more of like a Mario adventure where it's just this one big thing and you are progressing it over time instead of these short four to seven minute challenges. You finish it, you pop out, you try it again. You know, you can try to beat your time or not or do it with a different weapon and earn more eggs to unlock other stuff. There's no reprieve. You just, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. And yeah. it's mentally, it's just like, oh, this, okay, here we go. Another one. So, and they're not like fantastic modes. They're all, they're fun. Some are, there's one particular one that's super frustrating. But for the most part, they're finishable challenges. They're fine. But they're so fast. I just want something that's, like, let me just soak it in. Like, let's just soak this level in, have some fun with it, you know, throw some different scenarios at me all in just one big chunk. Everything else is just fast. And I get that's the theme of Splatoon in terms of structure, but I don't like it for single player. I don't know. I guess maybe after three of these, just like, eh, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this all the time. So... 
That's Splatoon 3. That was developed by Nintendo EPD and published by Nintendo. Now, for this last game, uh, we go from fun, playful third-person shooter uh, into a more uh, evil third-person shooter set in the West. A little bit more grim. A little, <laughs> just a little bit. So, Evil West, uh, David, is the latest preview you got to have. So, how do you feel about it? I, I've been looking forward to this game ever since I saw the first preview. I don't remember if it was Summer Games Fest, if it was one of PlayStation's State of Plays or whatnot. But it looked really shiny. That was that was my biggest takeaway was, ooh, this is a really pretty looking third person shooter game. And then when you got to see all the blood and guts kind of spilling everywhere, it's like, I kind of want to want to know more about this game that is named Evil West. So kind of reminded you of Gears of War, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a little bit of context with it. It's the setting. I, I, I'm a sucker for really in intricate settings i i really enjoyed steel rising because it had the whole robots in paris fighting each other uh, in french revolution era and everything so this one being a government agency in the wild wild west kind of idea of taking down vampires <laughs> in this steampunky kind of equipment oh, that's what those things are they're vampires Yes, they're vampires. They're really weird-looking oh. vampires half the time. But yeah. with, I'm okay. assuming some other creatures probably mixed in there a little bit. But uh, everything that is happening is happening because of vampires. Mm. So you are a part of a government agency who's trying to hunt down vampires. But this is we didn't yeah, get a lot of we didn't actually get a lot of story in the level that we got to, that I got to play. So okay. I'm really looking. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with that setting because that setting sounds fun, and it sounds like it could be another part of the game that could be done really well and elevate what's already there. Because the gameplay is a lot of fun. Like you mentioned, I'm I, I, I'm Gears of War, one of my favorite games out there. Love the fact that Gears of War that you can run around with a, a gun and shoot a dude up and then run over this dude and then just chainsaw him in half with the Lancer. Like, yeah, there's, there's not a feeling I feel in a video game quite like using the Lancer, like that, that true. vibration this in the controller, iconic everything, gun. man, <laughs> iconic, uh, actually have a replica of one of those Lancers. So, oh yeah, <laughs> love that thing. But this is interesting because it is third person. There's a lot of heavy duty action going on. But when you go into these areas, it's it's like Gears of War in the sense that when you go to the areas, the enemies come in, you fight them, then you move through other areas until you get to the next area where their enemies are. Instead of when you get to these areas, there's no chest high walls. So this is not cover base. This is not, you mm. know, so, honestly, Sitting back is not something you're going to do in this game, especially because I did not realize this, but melee matters a lot more <laughs> in Evil West than I thought it was would. Uh, you're actually going to yeah. get up close and personal and like do some boxing, <laughs> yeah, and beating I've up and all seen that. that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's intense. Uh, sometimes you're sometimes you're just doing that because it's like, oh crap, I don't have the time to reload. <laughs> 
That's a good point. So it's usually what melee is for. I mean, it's the biggest thing is the gameplay just feels so it, for lack of a better term, it's a power fantasy because when you're shooting these guns, like you feel the, the, the reverb of the kapow as you shoot, like for instance, the rifle, probably my favorite gun so far that I've gotten to mess around with because it's just this distinct crack every time you're shooting these enemies and you get done with that. You use uh, they, they've got some of the different weapons are set on cooldowns, like the shotgun, for instance. So I'd hit one button and do a quick shotgun blast after running out of rifle ammo. So then I've got to go punch this guy. <laughs> and then they've got some other different things of equipment in there. Like, for instance, there's like this electrical shield kind of thing. So you can get some blocks in, but you can also use it to shoot out a little electric bolt and kind of pull them towards you, depending on the button press that you do. Mm. It'll give you a little bit of an extra where they're electrocuted. Uh, same thing with, if you do a counter with the shield, uh, you can get them where they're electrocuted. Yeah, saw, so you I can get, some, like, so oh, you can get cool. some punches in. Um, there was also a, a cross that we picked up at some point that it was essentially like an EMP. So when you would, if, if I got in a really bad situation where if, the health, my health was going down pretty low, which the enemies, you can't take a lot of hits like you die pretty quickly. So you got to make sure you're paying attention to your health, to your uh, your health recharges on a cooldown. So you hit a button, your health goes up and then you got to yeah. wait for that to recharge. So. I would use that EMP to quickly electrify the enemies in the area. Give me a break. <laughs> Let everything reload. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let everything recharge a little bit and then go up, you know, practice on one of the punching bags. And it's just, it's just fun. Like that, that's the biggest thing I've, I, there's so many games out there that are trying to be like really intricate or really serious with the way that they take their design and whatnot. And this just feels fun to play. Like, like the gears of war games where I know that as we went on, we got those serious moments, like, you know, spoiler alert, Dom's wife at that moment like that's that's one of the most heart-wrenching moments in video games uh, in my opinion and yeah like, I felt like, that one too but otherwise that game's just fun to run around and just destroy locust and it feels like I'm getting that same kind of feeling just with a little more arcadey feel considering it's got all the different weapons and different things so I'm uh, I I just can't wait to play more of it because, like I said, the level, you didn't get a lot of story. You didn't get a lot of of, of stuff going on in the background. So it, it's going to be really cool to see how the game develops for something that is it is stuck in the linear. This is not open world. It's you're going to be going the linear path to go everywhere, even though mm. they do some really neat little things off the beaten path. Like, for instance, I I. Obviously, there's the little spots you go to and you're going to, oh, I just picked up some money. I picked up a, a note for the lore kind of stuff and whatnot. But I ran down one little passage and ended up finding a mini boss, you know, almost in this little tiny horde room where I fought a couple waves of enemies and then ran into the back to get a special skin that I could put on my character. So little hidden things like that. Okay. It just makes the game more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah if it was just straight linear that would be awful yeah so it, i guess i don't think it's as big of scale 
but I can't say that completely since it's only one level that I've got to mess with. But oh, okay. it, it reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy to a degree in the sense of it's that same frantic kind of combat in these different areas, but there's some off the beaten path things that you can go do. So that's that that's what Guardians did. I, I just don't know that Evil West Evil West still feels at least the level we got to play, it felt a lot more compact comparatively, which it's it's a double A game. This is not being done by a humongous studios, flying hogs, flying hog wild studio, I believe, or flying, flying wild, wild, ho- hog. wild hog, flying wild hog. I always mix those up. <laughs> uh, so flying hog, wild hog, but wilds flying <laughs> depending on how this game shapes up. We might be thinking about them in a different light because man it was fun and shiny and all those things so i i just can't wait to mess around with it again yeah it looked interesting i had no idea what this game was going to be so <laughs> when i saw some video footage i was like oh this is oh, okay it's a third person shooter that kind of looks like gears of war has a feel of it a little bit but a lot more shocking yes can we say <laughs> So that's Evil West, developed by Flying Wild Hog and published by Focus Entertainment. And we get to play it November 22nd. That's when Yeesh. it's supposed to come out. I realize Flying Wild Hog, like you just want to say Wild Hog Flying. Like that's, at least that's what wants to come out of my mouth. Yep. All right. So I didn't put this in the show notes, but. I did want to tell you I've been playing another game. Decided to, I know, been playing other games. Don't don't tell don't tell the other games. Okay. Don't tell Splatoon three. Don't tell. Don't tell. It's okay. still on pause. Or, or Call of Duty. But I decided to try. Battlefield twenty forty two again. Oh my gosh! And I just I just I just trashed it. <laughs> Almost a year later, I was like, you know what? It's a new season. They're in season two. Let me try to let me try it again. So for context, I gave Battlefield 2042, I believe, a four. So four on gaming trend. Five, one or the other. I don't remember. You it, it was, was around four. I, I don't tend to use the point five, so I believe it was a four. Um so, I didn't have a lot of good things to say about it. So, I jumped in. I knew they made changes to the uh, player size and breakthrough. But I wasn't sure if they made any changes to Conquest. And I knew they were going to make changes to map design. So, I wasn't sure if they had finished that yet. Uh, all of that is true. <laughs> None of it is done except for the player count for breakthrough. So... It's playing Conquest, trying the new map, and it's, it's, the same problem still exists. It feels too big. It's 128 players. The map's too big. It's, it's, it's literally just too big. Like, that's just the problem. You don't know where you can park yourself. I don't know how people perform well with this map size. I don't know if it's because they pick a spot and park there. And it's just one of the most optimal spots to shoot people. 
but since they've already occupied it, there's no point in being there because there are objectives being taken, but they, they take, you know, 20 minutes to get there. Not actually, but it feels like it takes a very long time to get there. So even in the new map, I was a little disappointed. The new map still feels too big. So I imagine they probably did that because they already had the design set and it was just, you know, trying to figure that out instead of trying to redesign it. They wanted to release it on time, I'm sure. Um, it worked and all that. So I get them for doing that. But yeah, Conquest needs to be reduced also to 64 players and smaller maps. Or at the very least, turn all of the Conquest maps into Conquest small maps because that still works. Because I've tried that in Portal and I tried that when uh, the game originally launched. So I tried that for review and it was like, yeah, this it it's chaotic, but it feels good still. It feels like the way battle closer to what Battlefield should feel like. Um, but I will say it still felt kind of good because <laughs> I was, you know, I'm hearing all the explosions go off. Uh, it's running a lot smoother than it did at launch. So didn't have any problems there. Well, yeah, the explosions are going off. The, the the guns are, you know, flying every bullets flying everywhere. Vehicles dropping bombs. And so I was like, yeah, this 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 I like this. <laughs> this feels good. I, I I love the feel of this. But um, yeah, that that just the whole conquest thing was. It's like ah, I don't like this. Breakthrough on the other hand feels fantastic. Breakthrough feels exactly the way it should be. So. Yeah, it's 64 players. Maps, you know, plays the same way, but the maps are uh, generally the same size, but the 64 players helps it out so much. It, it, it works very well. So I was, I was very pleased with that. So uh, they're getting stuff right. They're getting stuff right. They're moving in the right direction. I know they're still trying to fix stuff, but I, you know, I wanted to try it. It's like, I'm play, I'm played in a while. How is it doing? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a five right now. If I were to okay. review it, so the score so, is going up. So what you're telling me is, because I was about to ask the question, <laughs> is that I, I still probably shouldn't go reinstall. <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> they still have. I know they're going to make the changes to the specialists, where they're going to make it traditional battlefield style, but they released a new specialist in the new season that is just like. The other specialists in terms of they have it's very hero shooter like and you know I'm like well you guys are going to go in this direction but I get it you, you kind of have to fulfill your commitment of this is what you already had planned this is what I'm sure you've already been working on to change that stuff right now that would mean you have to delay seasons and then you'd have a Halo Infinite problem and yeah. I don't think EA or DICE can afford or want to try to afford that kind of problem. So, uh, you know, this, these are the growing pains at this point, which shouldn't have existed in the first place, but this is what it is. And uh, I'm still hopeful that it'll, it'll, it'll get better. With the breakthrough feeling as good as it was, I was like, okay, like this, this, is, this is heading in the right direction. This is, it's a small, small example, but it is... It's a good example. So, hey, in the right direction is a good thing. 
It is. Yeah. I don't feel like it's like, oh, dear Lord, there's no hope for this. It's not going to ever get its player count back unless they do some extraordinary marketing campaign to bring people back in. But uh, I had no problems finding matches, that's for sure. So people are still playing it. That's Battlefield 2042. I rediscovered. <laughs> and uh, obviously created by DICE and published by EA. So we got some news. We got a couple of stories. David, take it yep. away. Couple of them. Yeah. So we'll start out with the big one from the day, and that is that Google Stadia surprising no one. And some people may think it's already been canceled. No, it hadn't been yet until today. <laughs> Google All officially. Right. Yes. Phil Harrison the vice president and general manager of the of Stadia came out in a blog post and pretty much told everybody, hey, it's not really gained the traction with users that we were hoping for. So we're going to go ahead and wind down this whole entire project. So the one one of the good things they are actually refunding all Stadia hardware purchases made through the Google store. So okay. if you've if you have if you've purchased it through the Google store, they're giving you your money back and they're actually refunding all game and add on content purchases made through the Stadia store. Oh, and this, uh, this is actually too. going to. Yeah. And this is actually they said they're expecting the majority of it to be done by mid January 2023 when the service is ending. It's ending as of January 18th, 2023. And <clears throat> it's going to go to the. From what I remember reading, it's going to go to the form in which you paid it. So if you paid it with a gift card, it's coming back as a gift card, credit card, goes oh. back to credit card. So wait, that's a nice good faith thing. How does <laughs> the gift card work, though? Well, if if, if, if you had, like, say, Google credit that you use, like a, a oh, Google okay. Play card, I'm assuming, that you could use oh, for okay. Stadia or something like that. So you could use it in the Google Play Store or something. Some something like that, yeah. So that's okay. that's how they would refund something like that. Is my my assumption, at least. It's uh, however you paid for it. That's how you're getting it back. So I, I'm assuming probably most people are just credit cards. Yeah. But in any case, that's a that's actually a pretty big move in terms of man, we're giving refunds on everything. But it certainly plays into the whole stigma of Google getting involved in anything because <laughs> they make something. If they don't like how it's going and it doesn't immediately see a ton of success, like, for instance, like YouTube or whatnot, they're going to cancel the project because it has to be ridiculously successful. Now, that's part of why Google is such a big conglomerate is they go ahead and cut the cord early rather than letting it sit there and siphon money. So, it, yeah, they're not afraid it, to cancel stuff. That's they're sure. not afraid to go ahead and just get rid of it if it's not working. However, there are some things that you do look at and you're like, man, you know, if this had the right amount of time. because Or if it just came out with the right subscription model. Yeah, and, and if they would have kept some first-party studios around so that they could actually produce content that was exclusive to Google Stadia. Because having games that, that I can only get on it, I think it would have helped them, though. No, it wouldn't, because you had a horrible subscription model. You buy the game, and then you still have to subscribe? That's stupid. 
Well, you only have to you don't have to subscribe to buy a game. You don't have to subscribe to buy a game, but you have to subscribe to still play the game. That was the stupid part. No, you don't. What? You didn't have to be subscribed mm. to Pro in order to play it. If you wanted certain features, like for instance, 4K, that did require. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But not the full. You could still play the game. You you if you bought the game, you didn't have to be subscribed to Pro. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was feature specific. I'll I'll agree that it was still. Some features were like, uh, I don't agree with that if I've already bought the game. But I get it. You're running off their servers. That's the way they're running it. And it stinks because Stadia, at least in my opinion, was actually pretty innovative and innovative and, and really worked really well. Like for cloud gaming, at least yeah. in my opinion, it's it's arguably was the best cloud gaming option out there in terms of it actually ran it pretty seamlessly. Like I very rarely had, like I remember playing the immortals Phoenix rising demo on Stadia because it was exclusive to Stadia and be like, Oh, this is, this is fun. How is this running this? Well, yeah. <laughs> it was, I was actually confused. And the fact that I could play via my keyboard or I could pick up a, a, a if I had an Xbox controller, plug that in or if i had the stadia controller i could use that i mean it, it your input worked however you needed it to work like oh yeah the, it ran beautifully the, the problem wasn't the idea or the execution of the idea the problem was the support behind the idea yes i agree i played assassin's creed origins on it and i was like wow this looks and plays really good there would be times where the resolution would drop lower than 4k but i mean it still ran smoothly so that was my only concern and it, to me it was better than xbox cloud so yeah xbox cloud still has a ways to go before it gets to google stadia's level so but it's an option not the not the full <laughs> the full package it's a it's an addition not the correct. full package so correct <laughs> that's that's Yes, as the advantage, but so. still, like if you're going to have the thing, you got to make sure it works. And in the case, if Google had performed better there, uh, Microsoft would be having yep. more trouble with their cloud stuff because people would be able to compare because there would be people who are subscribed to it. But there weren't. There was seven people subscribed. No, just fine. But <laughs> there was not a lot of people subscribed to it. So, you know, it's. It's the way the cookie crumbles. It is now added to the Google graveyard, uh, yep. which I think there's like two, what, 275? There's other? a bunch of projects that Google's yeah. canceled. Now, yeah. admittedly, I'm sure a lot of the, a lot of those are stuff we don't know about, but the, this definitely is one of the high profile ones. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is so. this, this one goes. Uh, this one has its own special tombstone. What what will be really interesting to see is if Google takes this tech and manages to license or sell it to another game maker. So I use. remember them. Talking that's what they were trying that. to do. Yeah, but this feels like they're just ending the entire thing. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Not just the Google Stadia service, yeah. but the cloud stuff too that they originally were planning on doing. I don't well, know I, if that's true, but that's what it felt like in the I announcement. I think from what I read, they are still using some of the basis of this to 
to use with other projects or something like that. So Stadia, to a plan. degree, there, there's still something that it's going to be used for. I just don't know that it's going to be specifically. Yeah, it probably it's just not working for Stadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, whatever tech they were using, oh. yes, it will not be used for the brand of Stadia, but they might yeah. call it something else and it will be more, you know, tech related. I don't, you know, yeah. whatever they it just, call it. It just stinks considering how well the tech worked. That's that's really the biggest thing. And I, I feel like that we talk about that with most of Google's issues. Like when they cancel something, it's half the time you're like, man, that worked really well. The problem was just the support behind it. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't have Somehow. a clear plan, which on a clear plan, how is Phil Harrison still getting jobs? I don't know his history that well off the okay. top of my head. So, so I've actually got it pulled I, up. I've got this pulled up. Okay. He was with PlayStation and launched right. the PlayStation 3. Okay, we know that was a bust, he at quit, least at launch. He quit, he quit after the launch. Uh, he went to Infogrames and Atari, which filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, you don't you don't want to do that. But was that, okay. To, to be fair, though, to, was Atari and Infogrames already shrink sinking, or was I, I don't remember. Admittedly, because um, if he, he was went, already trying to revive a sinking ship, that's harder to do. To yeah. be fair, but if it was doing yeah. well and then the sub okay, yeah. That's, <laughs> He, he went to Gaikai, which was another cloud-based thing for two years. Uh, they were bought yeah. by Sony, so that's kind of just a... It kind of disappeared, yeah. so, I mean, you can't say there was much there. Uh, then he went and worked with Microsoft on launching the Xbox One. Yeah, I remember that. So, uh, yeah, let's let's just kind of leave that. And now Stadia. So... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I have nothing against the man, personally. I'm just like the track record. <laughs> no, it's, it is it is like the 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 pro sports coach where everywhere he goes, not great things happen. Yep. Uh, how? Yeah. He's uh, the anti Phil. <laughs> anti, yeah. At <laughs> and at one point in my life, when I was younger, I I did get those two confused because I I was like, wait, Phil. Phil's back at Xbox, but like, what? Yep. I'm so confused. It's a different <laughs> Phil. Too many Phils in uh, management positions in video games. All right. Well, I mean, RIP Google Stadia. Yep. All right. What else is happening? We also have big news of E3 coming back. Oh, yes. And yes, it's not just it coming is. back. It's it's the fact that now we know when it's coming back. It sounds so, actually kind of decent. Yeah, it's I think the thing that's kind of blowing my mind is, you know, we heard, oh, it's coming back. This other team is managing it and stuff. And I was like, OK, I feel a little more positive since Reed Pop is involved with this. They've already put on successful conventions. So we know that they at least know what they're doing. But you kind of just sit there and you're like, well, we've kind of heard this song and dance last year. It felt like with E3 and then nothing happened this year. E3 completely wasn't there. And the year before it wasn't good anyway. Like we were we were we were a part of digital E3. It was not good in 2021. No, was, no I, like, probably Santa Barbara was better. <laughs> so what was what what? is really cool is we're seeing a lot of transparency 
out of out of the team behind it. Uh, Chris Dring, he's a part of the team that is behind it with Game Industry Biz, and they're they've kind of put out what they're looking at. And right now, the physical event is going to take place Tuesday, June thirteenth of next year through June sixteenth. With the okay. first the first two days is for business. So I like this. They're going with press-oriented, business-oriented things for the first two. Which is what E3 was originally. Yes. The third day, you've got business and consumer. So they're making sure that, hey, we've got some... We're going to go ahead and mix in a little bit here. Yeah, that's probably going to be like residual, like finish up any transactions and press stuff. Let's get our last appointments done. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what that day is going to be. Extra day to knock out a couple things. Yeah. But then the fourth day is convention oriented. It's it's purely for consumers. Okay. So what what they've said is this is their goals, their three core objectives that they wanted with E3. It's make a better business event where it's easier to connect, meet and conduct interviews, to make a better consumer experience where the fan, where there are things for fans to actually do because that was part of the fun. I I I ran around E3 2017 when they had pretty much just started with the selling tickets. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd done it for one year, maybe before that, before this one. And I think I, I I was there as a part of uh, an Xbox event that I I had one entry in, but man, it it just, it felt almost weird. It felt awkward to Mm. be there because you could tell that the, the vendors were not ready for the way that everything was working. It, it, it was very it just awkward. And, and I actually heard from some people that a lot of the vendors were like, I don't want to be a part of this with, with consumers. Uh, I mean, which makes sense. This you're going here to hope to strike a deal. Some of these indie people, this probably where they make their biggest deals with, with some of the big publishers out there is, Hey, we're getting to finally show this off. I want to show it off to an exec, not a, you know, 16-year-old kid who spent used his mom's credit card. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, the considerations you have of E3 before consumer stuff are so much different when yeah. you have to deal with consumers cuz the expectations are different between people who make games, people who sell games, and people who just play them. Like it's so obviously we see all that kind of crazy discourse on Twitter. We saw what happened with GTA six. It's like, Oh, this game's worse than look worse than GTA five. It's like, I haven't done yet. So, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And then people are just there excited to play a thing that they feel like they're getting first access with. And, Oh yeah. You know, it's not, it's definitely not the consumer's fault. It's the convention's fault for the way they're running it. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. But the consideration you have to do, like, as you're preparing for this, I'm sure it's, yeah. it's a tough balance and it's stressful. I can imagine. Yep. And then they've, they are planning the third part of that is partner support and be friends with everyone announcing games in and around E3, irrespective of whether they're actually in the convention center. I love that because that's, that's, so, that's, that's a, a weird way to and say it's, it. It's odd, but at the same point, it's look. We want to support you whether or not you're coming into the show. We want to find a way that we can support you. And that's how they are going to win publishers and game developers back 
is by saying it's okay that you're not here. We want to support you however we can. That's a when you start, as they say, be friends. <laughs> that that's a big part, at least in my mind, of the problem is E3 yeah. just that they were not. They were not buddy buddy with a lot of these people they've lost. No, the ESA and I, made and I understand you can't be all that way, but it, they've been they're, they they they're looked at like you said as enemies. Yeah, you know? they, they there was no compromise. Like you don't have to be friends, but you sh- should be able to compromise. And they wouldn't budge on whatever stuff they were doing. So it was obviously we got the E3s that we got. They weren't great. Yep. But yeah, I, I, um, the. I'm wondering how this is going to work out. So let's just say, let's EA play, for example. EA hasn't been a part of E3 officially uh, for a while, but they've always hosted their EA play during E3. So, read pop. How do they work this out? Do they they go to EA and they're like, hey, we know you're going to do EA play, so... How about you do it in conjunction with, you know, X, Y, and Z? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like to make it exciting for fans. Are they going to bring yeah. back press conferences? That was one of the tentpole things about E3. That's why by the time you the did internet, E3. Re- well, eventually when the internet started rolling around like that, that was the reason. But before that, it was literally just. E3, you go, press was there, business stuff was happening, no press conferences. It was just that. And then when they started airing these press conferences, you realize it's like, oh, frick, this crap is boring. And then they became more exciting <laughs> over time yep. because they realized that people are actually watching these things. So we got to talk to the audience as well as the business folk. So the idea of, hey, if you're in, uh, if you're in L.A., during this time and you're hyping something during E3 I don't know how they're going to convince people to quote unquote be a part what does that look like because for the average consumer does that mean you get to take up space within the convention center or around the convention center or a few blocks around the convention center and all of that is E3 so the consumers who are there they get to travel around and this subset of LA, it's like Akihabara, and you are just enjoying the stuff of E3. Like I don't, I don't know, yeah, what that looks like. And I guess and, that's the fun with it. It's a broad statement. It really yeah. is. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where how how does like we how we benefit as press like yeah we we go there we get to play so how does the consumer benefit like that's what i'm thinking about how does how does everyday person who might be listening to this benefit and i feel like as long as they have the party effects going on with e3 still and i'm not talking about like going back to booth babes and stuff like that but i mean like you know stuff happening outside the venue stuff happening within whether that's you know music and whatever else how how does all that work and uh, there's got to be a benefit for the publishers because the discourse is always well they could just stay online they could do everything themselves but they gotta know like give them a benefit yeah that and 
I'm like, they can't be naive to the idea of like, there's some, there is something to that in-person stuff, you yeah. know, because even well, you- spending millions to build the booths or however much they spent to do all that stuff. Like they, they had to have some benefit when it was beneficial before the internet. Right. So yeah. <laughs> to mimic that somehow would be fantastic. Well, and even Jeff Keighley is doing something in person for Summer Games Fest, so he obviously sees a benefit to doing it. So, and and now he's there as a as someone that they have to fight against to do this too. So, I get the the good news for the ESA is they've handed this over to Reed Pop, and Reed Pop has been doing packs, if I'm not mistaken, very successfully. So, I think Comic Con New York too. Yeah. So they. It, They've at least put this in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> and knows how to, and ha- already has relationships with people to pull people back in. I mean, and- Chris Dring, who wrote this up, has, is one of the few people I've seen who interviewed Jim Ryan. So, yeah. like, they know who these people are. And that's the greatest things with it. I mean, they're, they're already talking about, like, business, just the fact that half of the convention center is going to be dedicated to business so that it's more comfortable for press to be there, that they want to reopen one of the halls that I hear that that's like, they're, they're actually pressed. They're like, Oh, they're planning on reopening that. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, um, uh, it was the, uh, <laughs> the fun hall. <laughs> Just call it that. Gotcha. <laughs> um, sounds like they're working on like the, an E3 app to make it, easy to hold meetings and do all this kind of stuff like they're they're really focused it just sounds like they're focused on the right things um yeah and that's that's somewhere e3 has not been in a long time i think we can all agree with that (laughs) i like yeah i do like what i'm seeing i just some of this stuff i wonder just how how they're gonna execute it (laughs) that's heavy and that's the biggest thing is can you convince the heavy hitters to come back that that's really it it really boils down to i mean it's kind of like what we talk about with xbox xbox is such a great console but man they've had a tough 2022 with the content (laughs) like that's where it could be it could be a great convention do you have the content (laughs) yeah which the, I mean, generally they show stuff. It's just when yeah. does it come out? But yeah, getting Sony and Nintendo there. If yeah. they announce that, it's like, oh, okay, we. If I'm might not mistaken, N- if I'm not mistaken, Nintendo's been in the convention center. They just haven't done uh, any sort of. Yes. They they, they they've had the booths and everything. They've just not yeah. had the presentation, obviously. Yes, so this is true. If you've got Nintendo, you've you've at least got something big. So the the biggest the biggest thing honestly for me is you've got to get Xbox there you've got to you you got to do everything in your power if you can get Sony there if you can somehow do that but you're fighting with Jeff Keighley to do this now so that does make things tougher because Xbox they've been doing it outside the convention center they they just haven't had it if I'm not mistaken I don't know that Xbox has had a booth inside E3 uh, recently i think they moved everything outside in the last in-person event right yeah don't know this stuff around that but yeah yeah i just i wonder if repop's gonna talk to jeff Keeley and be like yo we'll pay you x amount of money 
if you could somehow figure out the big the biggest thing is is him and the EA, ESA seem to be somewhat at war. So you wonder if yeah, if yeah, they could possibly it, mediate that. <laughs> but the ESA seems to have left this in Reed Pop's hands. No, um, I, I here's here's what I see about this. I don't see any ESA footprints on this. Like yeah. this looks like Reed Pop decisions. These yeah. are smart. These are calculated. These are looking at. This is what E3 has been. This is what E3 can be. This is how we combine both. And it seems smart. Two days, two and a half days of business. Or three days of business, I guess. But, and two days of consumer. Yes, that works. Let the business people get their stuff out of the way. Let the consumers have, you know, two days of fun. Because that's all you need. You don't need a whole week. Yep. Um, you know, it's supposed to feel like you know, the, the old entertainment mantra, you know, keep them wanting more. Yep. So, um, I guess, I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens with like, you know, the game spots and the IGNs. Will they have show floors again, you know, doing all their live shows and you know, how, how does all that stuff work out? Cause to me, that was also part of it, you know, just the pizzazz of it all. It was, it was fun. So, yep. it's going to be very interesting to see how this all works together. What is actually interesting is I expected Jeff Keighley to have dates and all this other stuff going like the second they made these kind of announcements. I know, but right? We haven't heard anything yet. So, uh, which I, obviously he's focused on Game Awards, so it makes sense. Fair, uh, but, but you know, he also <laughs> he always his- be ready for the clap back. Well, when E3 got announced that it was coming back in general, he mentioned Summer Games Fest right afterward, literally within like minutes. So the fact that there wasn't anything to clap back with right away, who knows? Anything can happen. Maybe they're talking to him and he's this is the world of video video games, man. Positivity (laughs) and and uh, 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 acquisitions, (laughs) positivity, acquisitions, takeovers, all of it. Yes. All the things. All of it. (laughs) All right. That will do it for us for this podcast. Appreciate you listening. This this was a good one. It was good to be back. We definitely got a lot off our chest on this one. Oh, yeah. Including stuff we already got out of our chest a week ago, but didn't record. (laughs) Well, we recorded it, but it was a hot mess. (laughs) This this one looks like it's recording just fine. So appreciate you listening. If you would like to continue to discuss video games with us, with a uh, fun group, level-headed group, a group that understands you have differences, you can join us on the Gaming Trend Discord. That will be linked in the show notes. Show notes. Not, not <laughs> <laughs> on that, I think it's time to leave. We're tired. We're ready to go to bed. Show notes. <laughs> you can check there. Don't go lower than that. Okay? Oh, gosh. And then we can continue to talk about video games because that's what we really want to talk about. Nothing else. The video games. So we talk I'm about dead. other things. I'm just, dead. Just, I don't know how to recover from that. That's one of those. You just got to take the L's sometimes. That's, that's what happened there. So appreciate, appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later.